Hey everybody, what's going on? What's that? Yeah, like, I feel oh. like I'm over in a video next door. You're in the video next door? Yeah. You're in the same spot as usual. I'm yeah. in the same spot as sure. usual. Okay. Okay. It's just because I tell you this every single yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. just because I See, have, I don't have I don't have the, I, I have I to tell he doesn't have any like I, memory. I don't have the fucking agency to comprehend he, he's like the panoramic views. He's like shit. the memento dude. Like you have to tell him new things. Like you have to tell him the same thing like every day because he forgets. <laughs> like I every, the memento dude. Where's the memento dude? <laughs> It was the dude, uh, it was that movie about the guy that couldn't form any uh, new memories, <laughs> like any short-term memories, yeah. so he had to like learn Jesus things like and do everything. I'm just teasing you. So, I'm just telling you, I have to tell you every day. So, um, we got to review one of my all-time favorite movies since I was a kid. I saw first saw this when I was a kid, and fucking, I loved it. It was probably about 10, maybe 8, 9, 10 when I first saw it. The Ghost of Mrs. Muir from 1947. It's a good flick. Is it like a paranormal romance, gothic paranormal romance kind of? Yeah. Yeah, it, it starts off kind of scary. You think it's going to be a horror movie, but then it starts getting real cool. It's kind of where, it's kind of like I think it inspired the movie Ghost later on. That's what I was thinking while we yeah. were watching it. And Although I'm going to say, uh, I liked Ghost, but I, I liked this a lot better. Yeah. It's a lot better. This was actually, I think I saw this when I was a kid, but I didn't really, because I remembered a couple scenes from it just in kind of broken things. But I guess, I don't know, I guess it didn't make much of an impression, but like seeing it again, I'm like, this is a delightful film. Yeah. It's delightful. Yeah. It was it was just awesome. It's it's a, it's the cinematography is beautiful. The acting is awesome. Like it's funny. It's like way funnier. And well, like way wittier, actually wittier is the word yeah, that I want. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call it funny. It's, it's not funny. Witty. It's witty. Yeah. Like the script is very witty. Yeah, and there there is some humor in it, but that's that's after kind of like the horror elements get out of the way because it's about this woman. She's a widow. She's got a girl, and a, she's got her maid. They're in England, and her in laws, like the mother in law and the sister in law, don't want her moving out on her own. Those two. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that. This is in the Victorian <laughs> era. All right. Yeah. It's like, it's supposed to be like the turn of the century. So I guess yeah. it's like 1900, 1901. Okay. So like early, that. early 20th century. I'm pretty sure it said turn well, of the century. She gets there in a car. It looks like a, it looks like a very early 1900s car. And then later her daughter shows up later in a 1920s car and she's old, kind of an old woman by that time. So yeah, about 1910 probably. Uh, anyway, I got sidetracked there. She, um, <laughs> her in-laws don't want her moving out of the house and living her own life, really. They want her to stay there, and it's going to be just these three girls, and she's not really related to the to other two women. She wants to live her own life, and they're telling her how insane it is that a woman wants to live her own life. Imagine that. Yeah. But I think a lot of it had to do with uh, them wanting her money because she was getting some... She was getting commissions from this... Uh, gold mine that she had inherited so she was getting you know like shares she had shares in it yeah so she was getting like little that was uh, her income that was her income and um so she goes to a real estate agent and you know they got this goofy dude there trying to pick houses out for her and she goes i want this one she's looking at one you know gold cottage yeah gold cottage she's like oh no that's totally unsuitable for you and She's, she's like, like she keeps she's not letting herself be pushed around by these dudes, you know. She's I love her character. Yeah. She is so awesome in this. Yeah. She is just not having it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know this actress' names, but she's just This is Jean Tierney. Jean Tierney, okay. She's very, super, very famous. She's super cute. She kind of reminds me a lot of like uh Lucille Ball, the way she looks. She looked like kind of like Lucille Ball. Jean Tierney, she was she was known for being like one of the most beautiful women she's on earth looking, at the yeah. time. Yeah. Um also she was in probably best known for the movie Laura. Did she get an Oscar nomination yeah. for that? I feel like that's something Zach would know, but I can't like really remember. But she was in a ton of stuff. Back to me, then. she looks a lot like Lucille Ball. Lucille Lucille Ball was smoking hot. She was super hot. Yeah. yeah. Um, you don't notice it because she's funny. Yeah. You don't notice it's hot. <laughs> she was super hot. Yeah. So anyway, she goes. Um, another another thing about Lucille Ball is that she was super smart. She was like running all kinds of studio stuff, and she did a lot of shit. She was a super competent woman. Anyway, um, real estate agent takes her to the house, go cottage. And it's all fucked up. It's like something off fucking uh, uh, off a fucking a haunting episode. It's like <laughs> summer wind. You know? All right, but it's it's like summer wind in the episode, not the way summer wind really looked. 
Yeah, because the inside looks okay. Oh, yeah, like, the outside looks a little bit dumpy, but not too bad. She can't believe it's so cheap and it's fully furnished. Yeah. And uh, the dude said, this house is just not suitable for you, you know. And she goes, well, what happened to the house? He goes, it was built by a sea captain. Well, and, and, and she goes, he died? She goes, he committed suicide. And she's like, oh. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, she's to go in there, and, <laughs> and it's a spooky-looking house, but it's real nice. It's like something out of, it's kind of like a Hammer Horror-type looking. And um, it's kind of a Victorian two-story house. It's got balconies. It's got a damn brought brass telescope so the captain could look over the bay and furnishings and paintings of the captain and the, and the painting inside the painting of the captain in there it's you know it's rex harrison you know it's kind of he's kind of smirking being like yeah smirking so. his fucking captain's beard on. <laughs> that's awesome yeah one eyebrow up like you bet you like, yeah that's, that's, kind of that's what i was thinking yeah 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 it's just don't you know you know i'm fucking hot <laughs> She's doing that, you know, and she's looking, oh, all right. And well, um, <laughs> Ghost tries to chase him out. They, they did. They did run out. Um, and then the, the real estate agent see, this is what I was talking about. I did, you know, this house is fucking terrifying, man. You can't live there. And she's, and she's like, no. Nah. She's nah, like, I I'm, want that fucking I'm house. I'm into so, it. <laughs> yeah, I want that fucking house. So she buys a haunted house. And that's where the adventure begins. And there, so there's a good... 15 minutes, 20 minutes, a haunted house kind of movie. And it kind of goes along a lot of the haunted uh, tropes. And it sets up good atmosphere. You're like, damn, you know. You know by the title that she gets to know this ghost anyway. Ghost yeah. Mrs. Muir. So. And it's based on a novel. I don't know yeah. if you know that, but yeah. The novel had come out two years before. So Rex Harrison materializes in the kitchen after he was done fucking with her. Kept blowing out her candles and blowing and out her She's matches. like, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he's challenging her. He's like, I'm going to drive you out of this house. This is my house. Yeah. She's like, the hell you are. This is my house. Yeah. So she's like, well, uh, maybe we can work something out. And uh, they kind of reach an agreement. He ends up kind of letting her stay on a temporary basic basis because she's taking care of the house, that she loves the house. And... Um, also, I think I, um, that he likes how fucking feisty she is. Yeah, she fights back. Because she's yeah. not having it, man. She is just like, well, she is like the best character because it's yeah. just kind of like, you know, this is set in the very early 20th century where, you know, women didn't really have a lot of agency. And like I said, she gets uh, her fucking meddling mother-in-law because her husband dies, right? She's a widow. Yeah. So the meddling mother-in-law and the meddling sister-in-law, why would you ever want to live by yourself? It's like, why don't you stay here with your family? She's like, look, I'm not related to you bitches. I don't like, and you guys are fucking all crawling up in my grill all the time. She's like, fuck this. I want to be on my own. And she is just absolutely not, she's not obnoxious about it, but she absolutely is very assertive and she yeah. just does not let anybody push her around ever. I mean, she knows what she wants and she's like, and this is what's going to happen. You know right. what I mean? So what happens later is that she ends up being kind of like the caretaker, but this is evidently only a month or so. And then she gets the bad news. The in-laws show up and they say, by the way, the, the gold mine money's drying up. The gold mine went bust. So you're going to have to move back with us. And fucking the ghost, fucking the ghost of the captain's like, oh no, you tell them to fucking shove off, man. Fucking fuck them. Yeah, he didn't like them either. Yeah, nobody likes yeah. them. They were, they're he, terrible. Ended up, he ended up chasing <laughs> them out. And then Miss um, Muir is like, uh, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he goes, well, I got an idea. He goes, well, you know, basically something's going to come up. We're going to figure something out. And he comes up with something later. I guess it might have been the next day. He said, you're going to write my life story. And we're going to, and, and it's going to be about the life of a fucking, of a sea captain and how I grew up. And just say it's written by, you know, Blood and Swash by Captain X. Blood and Swash. Blood and Swash. <laughs> That's the name of the book. <laughs> so she's like, okay, if you think if you think that'll work, he says, oh yeah, it'll it'll, it'll, it'll sell a shit ton, and it'll. He's like, oh, I've lived a life. House. I'm yeah. telling you, right I've now. lived a life. You know? <laughs> I lived a man's life. Yeah, and so, I'm not ashamed of it. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of like, um, they can't say a lot of things outright, I guess. You but, have to read it between the lines. Yeah. But it's pretty clear, like what the implications of is, like of what he's saying, and like some of the stuff they said, I was like, whoa, <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> so then there's a part, of, then there's uh, several scenes in the movie where they're staying up late and he's dictating the book to her, and a lot of funny shit happens there, you know, about over grammar. They're fighting over grammar. 
That sounds um, like something I would do, yeah. so I could totally relate to the girl, you know. Yeah, and then uh, he tells his life story about he was he was an orphan, if I remember correctly, because uh, he was he was an orphan, and the vicar fucking educated him, and then he says fuck all this shit. He he's kept him getting in trouble, so he goes to sea. At sixteen, he loses his virginity at the fucking brothel at the port. Yeah, and they don't say that, but, but that's, they make it, they that's what you know. it's very, very heavily. And then blood. all this other shit happens, and t- by the end of the book, when by the end, you know, okay, the book is finished. Mrs. Muir is in love with him. Yeah, this ghost, and he's in love with her. Yeah, yeah. Although I don't think he would admit that necessarily. No. And he, she can't touch him; and he'll dematerialize. All right. So she goes to this thing. She she takes the manuscript down to the fucking publisher's office. And a stalker sees her and follows her, and it's another writer. <laughs> he's in love with her. Oh my god, he, this dude is such a fucking creep. He's got. They won't let her in. They won't see her. They're giving her the runaround. Oh, he's too busy to see you girls and your cookbooks and shit. Yeah, you ladies yeah. and your lady books. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mister Slutman, who's fucking stalking her, says, "I had an appointment, <laughs> but I, I'm not waiting around for his ass. Fucking, you can have it because I'm already a famous author. You have my appointment because he was." Turns out later he's a famous children's author. Yeah. And Knuckle Uncle Nettie. Uncle Nettie. Yeah, and he's fucking putting the moves on her already. So she takes his she takes she takes his um his appointment and gets in there and the publisher's like, Oh man, what are you doing in here? You know, you girls and your damn fucking book of poems and shit, man. I got all this. (laughs) You and your feminine Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I I I've got to print all this bullshit for fucking the audience. You know, most of this shit's junk. You know, you're going to like this book. And the reason, and now here's the thing. The sea captain told him, says, you need to look for this particular dude because he owns a boat. All right. And he thinks he's a seaman. Yeah. So you need to find him and show him the manuscript. So she she says, well, I got a book. uh, It's called Blood Swash. It's, a, it's, a, it's the unvarnished life of a sea captain. He's, so he's oh, like, oh, really? Unvarnished? You wrote this? He's like, yeah, I'm yeah. Intrigued. So he goes, hold on, hold on. So he starts reading this shit, and he's going, oh, okay. And, and he's then, like, wait, you broke yeah. this? So, so then they go through a <laughs> montage. Dirty. He goes through a montage. He goes, this is the best book I've ever written. <laughs> and he goes, now, come on. You didn't write this. And he goes, no, 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 no. And, and he goes, he goes, I know the captain. And he's like, okay. You know. And he goes, where is he? I'd like to meet him. He's like, well, he's on a long voyage. And he's like, okay, I see. So she kind of let met, let the she kind of <laughs> deceived the publisher to thinking that this was her boyfriend, this captain. Yeah. Which in a way you got it was. Well, yeah. Point. So he gives her a fucking great book deal. She was able to save the house. Yeah, she buy, buy, she buys it. Buys the house. Well, because that was one of his right. things. It's like, well, because he died in a stupid like accidental way. He didn't yeah. actually commit suicide which he wanted her to know because you know it was a point of honor even though the way yeah. he died was like actually kind of a stupid accident which yeah. I'm not sure was much better people but, thought people thought he committed suicide but he didn't yeah it, it was, was an, it was an accident so um but he was like yeah what I was planning to do like before I died in this stupid way was that I was going to open up this house as like um you know like a home for a retired seamen like they could come here like in their old age and they could all live here and we could all hang out and he wanted to do that so he wanted her to live there and then like after she like and buy it and then like after she died she could turn it into that as well like that would be in her will now with all this best-selling book you know oh uncle Nettie keeps snooping around he keeps stalking her and shit while she's at the beach and making paintings of her and giving her free paintings and she goes I'm staying because I love you oh you're gonna you know all that kind of shit and I was like girl oh my god he's such a creep he's right. such a creep well the ghost is seeing this shit man he's getting fucking he's getting he's getting pissed nobody <laughs> likes uncle Nettie even yeah, the kid oh by yeah. the way her daughter do you know who that is it's Natalie Wood that's Natalie Wood yeah playing that little girl yeah and, and the maid like, yeah. her maid is just kind of like, honey. Stay away from that dude. Please right. stay away from that. Yeah, he's like such a sleaze. Right. And uh, the ghost the ghost is like, she she's decides she's going to marry this dude. And a bunch of shit happens during that. I'm just trying to fast forward through through a lot of it. That's all right. Because I don't want to steal the movie's thunder. You know what I mean? Good shit I mean, it's still it. worth watching, yeah. even if you know what happens in it. I mean, because yeah, the thing about it is, like, this movie is, like, it's very old. It's, like, from 1947. Yeah. And I will note, too, that I think in the ni- late 1960s, they made a TV series of it. Although they made it, like, more a sitcom. Yeah, I remember. It's kind of like, like, yeah, th- I mean, like Nanny and the Professor. Yeah, I mean, like I, like I said, this is funny. 
but I don't know if I'd call it a comedy. It's more no. witty than funny. Yeah. Like, I was actually really impressed by the wittiness of the script. I don't know how much of that comes from the novel, because this was based on a novel. But, I mean, this, like, some of the lines in this, I just, like, fucking busted up laughing. Just yeah. so, so good. Like, really, really clever. Like, the, the way they use language and stuff. Eventually, what ends up happening is the captain's like, man, he's like, man, this is, we're in a bad situation. And you got to live your life amongst the living. I'm not, you know, I'm, not a, <laughs> I'm a dead guy. I'm a dead guy. And just, this isn't right type of deal. So he uh, uh, did use some kind of psychic force on her to make her think that she dreamt all this and that she wrote that book on her own through her own imagination, and that, there, that there was never any haunting. And he vanishes. He dematerializes. He doesn't come back <clears throat> until the end. All right. But fucking, he vanishes. He leaves her alone. And then she goes fucking after Uncle Nettie and shit, thinking she's going to get married. She tracks down where he lives through the publisher, goes to the house, and knocks on the door. He lives in this fucking big palatial fucking downtown house, you know. And uh, it's fucking, de it's, it's laid out, decorated. Fucking, he's definitely like a millionaire, you know. So he knocks on the door, and uh, she asks to see him, and the butler le lets her in, and she walks in, look at how beautiful the house is. She starts seeing all these paintings, this other woman and shit. This other woman comes and goes, oh, you're looking for my husband. It turns out the dude was married. And he had a couple kids. And he had a couple kids. Even though he had told her that he couldn't stand kids, even though he was a right. children's author. Right. And then it turned out that not only was he already married and had kids, but he had done this done shit this before, before to other, other like, women. to other women. Yep. And I was like, see, I told you, like, yep. that he was a fucking scumbag. You could tell that immediately yep. because, man, he was just, like, he was playing always it. up in your fucking space. Yeah, he was playing women. He was a total sleaze. Yeah. So he, he was he was amusing, though. He was slick, but he was a, he, you could, he was, uh, he was a wolf. So anyway, she goes back home. And starts crying and fucking maids like it's all right, you know he ain't worth it. You know, yeah, blah, he blah, definitely blah. wasn't worth yeah. it. <laughs> so she starts living her life more towards raising her daughter, and her daughter goes off to college and comes back, and uh, then they're kind of showing the passage of time. They, she had this uh, fence post thing stuck out in the ocean, down at the base of the house. It had her name on it. Had her daughter's name. Had her on daughter's it, name. Yeah. On it. yeah, and every time you'd see it, it looked older and older as time was going by. That was a nice way of doing that. Yeah. I thought I really liked that. Yeah, and uh, towards the very end, she's an old lady. She was out there looking at the ocean, and she goes inside and fucking puts her shawl around, and fucking the maid comes, brings her some warm milk. And she goes, "Oh, my arm's killing me. I don't want your warm milk type of deal." Quit bossing me. Yeah, quit bossing me around. <laughs> she says, oh, I don't mean to boss you. And she runs away, and then she's drinking the milk anyway, and puts it down, drops it, and dies. And you're like, "Oh man, she died." And then you see a hand come down, and it's the captain. Yeah. Yeah. He comes back for her. Yeah. What do you say? He says, "You'll never be tired again." Yeah. Because she was talking about it, she like, show up yeah. cool. Because she was old, you know what I mean? Right. You know, one of the things that I really liked about this movie, like, I mean, her character is so great. Like, I just, I loved her. She was just such a badass. Um, she was just, like I said, she was just not having it. She was just very yeah. assertive. Like, you see, she wasn't bitchy or nothing like that. But mm. she was just, like, she no, was very, she was very self-possessed. Yeah. And she yeah. would not let people push her around. Yeah. And I like that they gave her a weakness where she was a little bit of a romantic. Yeah. Um, because they even went into the whole thing, like even the even the husband that she had had that died, like prior to the events of the movie, like they even said it's like, well, she didn't really love him. Like she was fond of him, but she was kind of like she was yeah. into the idea of like the romance kind of angle. Well, and the then she was called that. Right. Like he knew he, says he didn't love him though. Oh, and yeah, she was no, you did. Fucking and yeah. then she was like, "Yeah, you're kind of right." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah. You know, it's he, a, he, like I said. She said she was fond of him, but yeah. I think she that was like I said that was her flaw. Was that really the yeah. only one she had? Was that she had a little bit? She'd get kind of carried away by like a romantic notion yeah. and then would get herself in. And the same thing happened with like the Uncle Nettie fuckface, yeah. where he was clearly. A sleaze. I yeah. mean, very, very clearly, and a stalker and a weirdo. But because he was coming on so strong, and it's like there was a couple things that happened that were like romantic to her that read as romantic. So she kind of like got in on, even though si every single other person, like her daughter, her maid, the ghost, everybody like that, they were just saying, "Oh my god, that guy is such a scumbag." Yeah. But she just didn't want to hear it. Well, the captain and Uncle Nettie were exact opposites. Yeah, Uncle Nettie had a real polished upper class educated 
way about himself. He was a sleazebag. Yeah. He also had a lot of money. The captain had a real rough exterior. You know what I mean? But the thing is, is that he was actually real educated and cultured and was a good guy. And he's a good dude. He was a good guy, yeah. He was loyal. Even though he swore a lot and yeah. stuff like that. Well, because that was the awesome thing about him was that even though he didn't like it when she was hanging out with Uncle Nettie and being like, yeah, he's yeah. a scumbag and he was jealous, but he realized it's like, look, I'm dead and she's alive and yeah. she needs to make her own decisions and yeah. she needs to make her own way in life. And me being here is interfering with that. So he loved her enough to yeah. step off and yeah. just say, I'm just going to make you think that I was just a dream because I'm fucking up your life. Yeah. See, the captain lived a full life, all right? And I think he died older than you see him. Yeah, he appears you know, as Rex Harrison, he's probably in his 50s. But I have a feeling he was more like in his 70s when he died. Yeah. But, um... Because he said he lived a full life, and I don't. I think dying at fifties uh, probably wouldn't be considered a full life. Back no, then. not really. Yeah, not, not even then. not even back then. So, um, I think he was. Uh, so he lived a full life. He had a life of adventure out on the sea. He had a lot of women. Okay. Yeah, he was a hoe. At his at his death, there were he had three girlfriends showed up mourning him, but he wasn't married <laughs> to any of them. But the thing with him is that he never had true love, really. He yeah. was deployed all the time. He was gone all yeah. the time. So it wasn't possible. And the same was kind of like for her. She had all these guys. You know, she was, you know, they were interested in her, but she didn't, no real true love, really. None of that happened until after they were reunited in death. It's, it's a nice scene. It was. Yeah. I thought it was a really nice ending yeah. because I was kind of hoping that that yeah. would happen. You know, because the captain, the captain, before the captain leaves her, you know, uh, dematerializes de forever, makes her forget. He just said that, look at what we missed. We missed out on something. Yeah. Because we were born at different times. Type yeah. Thing. Right, yeah. Well, the cool thing about her, too, and another thing that I liked about this movie is that, you know, after Uncle Nettie, like, fucks her over and she finds out that he's married and that, like, he's done it before and stuff like that, she basically is like, yeah, fuck all this man bullshit. And she just, like, goes and essentially becomes a recluse. I mean, she loves her house. Um, her maid stays with her and she still like has contact with her daughter but I like that they didn't make her they didn't make her seem like an old maid you know what I mean yeah like they didn't make it seem like overly sad because I feel like what they would do in a lot of these kind of stories is that like if the woman got like fucked over by the man like when because she wasn't really that old and then it's like, oh, just I'm going to become a recluse forever. You know what I mean? And she did, but it wasn't seen as like a failing necessarily. She was just kind of like, well, that's I'm I'm closing up shop or whatever. And she just seemed content, like not necessarily like happy, but she seemed content with her life the way it was. Like she lived kind of isolated. She just lived with her maid and like, you know, her daughter went off to college and then her daughter would come and her daughter got married and had a kid and and she like had so she had a family and stuff but she knew that i think she got to a point where and maybe i'm reading too much into the character but i think i got she got to a point where she realized oh my like overly romantic notions or i'm i keep getting into these bad situations with these dudes cuz it happened with her husband and it happened with uncle Nettie. and she's like yeah i'm just going to knock that off and maybe i'll just wait maybe she hoped you know yeah. just i'll just wait until i'm dead and then hopefully, like, that'll work out because that was, like, the one thing. But, yeah, it's, so it's kind of like, it was a happy ending, but it's, like, a little bit bittersweet, too. But I guess they got together in the They're end. They're if I cried, if I yeah. watched it again. Uh, no, but you get choked up at the end. He did say, yeah, you know, he did, so, he, he he did get a little yeah, bit choked yeah, up. Yeah, you get choked up at the end. Because it is, like, a really nice. Yeah. Because you really. They build you up to it. Yeah. Because you know, you're rooting for them. Yeah. Because even though they're like total opposite, I don't even know if I'd say they're total opposites. No. They're a lot more similar than they yeah. think they are. They were both romantics. Yeah, yeah. They both were. Even though, like, I guess it's kind of manifested itself in a different way, but yeah. they both were. Well, he was all romantic about the sea and shit, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Which, and it was all, uh, you know, fucking dangerous, uh, independent, fucking rugged masculinity. And then you had, uh, she was very feminine and uh, uh, caring and really, you know, she was caring about, you know, how he grew up and, you know, just, you know, it was just, it was just, they were kind of a good match. And he cared about her. 
And like, and like I said, he he loved her enough to let her yeah he live her own life and make her own mistakes because he even told her like, look, I'm dead. It's like you know you need to get out there and live and go see men and stuff yeah. like like yeah he got jealous about it because he loved her but yeah. he understood that it wasn't gonna work out. You know, because she was alive and he was dead, and he didn't want to deprive her yeah, he of living a life alive. like he had. Yeah, because he, he said that uh, nothing. He says, "Where well, he goes, uh, nothing more can happen for me. It's all over." Yeah, basically. But the thing is, is that he was a ghost. Right. He was kind of like earthbound until the very end. They leave together. Yeah. Into the into the afterworld. I guess. I get. Yeah, I guess they went to kind of heaven. They went to heaven. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was the implication, yeah. but. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. I think one of the first things that endeared her to him at the beginning, like, because this, it reminded me of that when you were talking about them both being romantics, was that she said one of the things that appealed to her at first about the house, like why she wanted it so bad, is that because she felt like the house, almost like it was alive or like it needed her help. You know what I mean? And so she saw it as almost like a living thing, like that she needed to help out. And then when she said that to him, he said, oh, I guess that's not silly because I've heard this. I've, I had the same thing about a ship in particular that I came across that looked kind of shitty. But he's yeah. like, I always felt like it that it would sail twice, that as, sweet it would sail twice as sweet for me as yeah. it would for somebody else because he took care of it. Mm-hmm. And so they had kind of that similar thing going on. So I kind of feel like that was. And like I said, I liked I think that he liked that she was kind of salty and like didn't let him. Yeah. Boss her or like push her around. She started cussing too every now and then. And that was like super funny. And yeah. it was like funny too because like she'd she'd do it in the street. Like not swearing, swearing. Like yeah, just, she would say just blast it. Blast it. Which, and that which, was Like I said, that, that was cussing back then. Yeah, like yeah. women were like, if, like if a woman do that, they'd be yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> you know? So it's just like, it's funny that it's just, you know, it seems like nothing nowadays. But back mm-hmm. in the day, like you had to be very, very ladylike and you couldn't say mm-hmm. like certain words and everything like that. Richard Brown said, have you seen Blythe Spirit? Um, I have. I saw it when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it since then. And interestingly, when we watched this last night, we rented it on Amazon Prime. Um, Blythe Spirit was like the next movie that came up like to rent because Rex Harrison is also in that. Um, somebody said Rex Harrison was like the hate, most hated man in Hollywood. I heard, I don't know how true this is, but yeah, he was um, <laughs> interesting. They got him to play this part because he was a little bit of a... Um, a womanizer in real life. And I think there was, I can't remember the name of the actress, but I think he had an affair with an actress at one point and she like committed suicide at some point, like after, yeah. So I think after that happened, everybody kind of like cooled on him a little bit, but you know, I I don't know, like, I don't know like all the details, but that's, uh, yeah, that might be why. And let me see, uh, they're talking about the uninvited, which is another one. Yeah, that's another one we have to do because a lot of people, have like uh recommended that one i saw that one you know that black cover with the damn devil face on it well there's more than one movie called that okay like ooh, sex bot sex bot's coming in there mango says carol landis was the actress that's right i knew that i had heard somebody talking about it earlier today because i was watching another interview like uh, another uh review of this but i couldn't remember what her name was Slasher Fred said, in the 70s, there was a comedy series called Ghostbusters that was kind of like a 70s Abbott Costello type show where you had these two ghost exterminators with their pet gorilla. I kind of remember that. I kind of remember that. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, if you like anything... I don't know. Like I said, I I, I do like Ghost. You know, that movie was... was talking about Ghost in there. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that movie. I saw it in the theater and everything like that, but... I don't know. I like. I think I liked this one more just because. I don't know. I just really there was something really witty about it. Like the character interactions were really good. The I tone just, is very different, though. It is, yeah. yeah. Well, because I feel like Ghost was more. That's more like a murder mystery. Yeah, and it too. was also a lot more modern. The telling. This is like classic theater. It's, it's, yeah, it's, this is very, very golden age Hollywood, yeah. and it looks beautiful. Yeah. Like the cinematography, I think that the special um, effects in there. The cinematography got uh, yeah. an Oscar nomination or maybe an Oscar win. Oh, and Bernard Herrmann did the score for this. Uh, the guy that did Psycho, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, among many other things, uh, and I think that he's gone on record as saying this was his favorite score. It's very, very lush. I'm There's, really um, into it. They spent a lot of time up in the captain's room, and it has a balcony with a telescope looking out of there. And um, the it's got glass doors like uh, that can that can close it off, 
And in a lot of scenes, this is in the background, and you see seagulls flying by, like you're really in a real location. And it's and then at night, there's moon, you know, over the water, over clouds. But it's got to be back projection. It, I'm it not looks sure really good, because though. the thing about it, I mean, this movie, the the novel was set in England. And this is also supposed to be set in England, like the seaside, but obviously they shot it in California. Yeah. So I don't really know. It has some British people in it, I think. Yeah. I mean, they did shoot this in a real house. Like, I don't think that was a set necessarily. I don't know how they got those seagulls to fly around. Maybe they just were feeding the seagulls. The seagulls were flying around, but. I was trying to like, I I was trying to like watch it and be like, now is that the same footage of the seagulls? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is it on a loop? But I could maybe it was maybe shot, it was man. real seagulls. I couldn't tell. I thought it was more more likely that it was some kind of projection back there, and they're projecting those. That's kind of what I thought, so, but I'm not really sure. I because couldn't they were really just getting tell. beautiful shots of in the background, the seagulls coming up behind them and stuff out the window. Man, that was just one thing I noticed was like the the cinematography in this was like so so beautiful. It was just like yeah. so crisp and like so yeah. just really really nice. Some of the shots out of that balcony in the bay with the damn moonlight and the fucking at night with the damn clouds. I don't think they could have got a shot like that back in 47. I'm a not nighttime sure. shot. It yeah, that's set true. It's a nighttime shot you see out in the background. It's got to have to be some some kind of projection. I mean, I really liked... Uh, really lightning and shit happening. Yeah, and I like the scenes, too. Like, or, like, this might be what you were talking about, but, like, early on, where she comes down to the kitchen and, like, you know, the ghost, before before he's revealed, like, before she sees him, she's heard him, so she knows he's in there. But, like, she comes down to the kitchen and she's trying to light the the lights and she's trying to light the thing to boil for the, um for the you know, hot water thing. The... What do they call that thing? Uh, well, hot water bottle, right? The hot water bottle, yeah. I couldn't remember the word Which bottle for some reason. I don't know why you want a hot bottle or bottle, but I guess it's Maybe it's really, people, maybe people it's cold. Did. People did that, I guess. They put a hot water bottle in bed with them. It's yeah. Weird. Yeah, she did that. In that and I had never yeah. seen a hot one, because nowadays yeah. you see those, like, rubber ones. Yeah. But back then it looked like a little... Glass bottle, wasn't it? it was it glass? It was covered yeah. with, like, it looked like it was covered with fabric. It was yeah. nice, but it was kind of, like, oval, like yeah. a big, like a Fabergé egg or something. And you poured, like, boiling water in it. But this the scene where she goes down there to do that, and she knows the ghost is in the room because she's heard him, and he's, like, fucking around, and he keeps blowing the pilot light out, or he keeps blowing the candles out. And she's like, hey, can I just, like, boil someone? Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And the just the way they shot that was, like, really, really nice. It's, like, yeah. all the blacks were, like, really, yeah. really like deep and then like the little bit of light here and a little bit of light there and then finally he's just like revealed they don't do anything cheesy like he doesn't like dematerialize out of he's usually just kind of like he's there like a regular person they just do, they do the camera angles right and then like she'll just like turn around and then she turns back yeah, and he's gone part, when, when, he, when she first meets him and they cut the deal he's like okay I'm gonna stay confined to the bedroom up there I'll just you guys can have the rest of the yeah room. I'll stand there and I'll just like watch you undress all the time she fucked it up so what happened was is that he says we're gonna stay I'll just stay up there in that room and she goes well, I, where am I gonna stay and he goes in the master bedroom and yeah. she's like what and he goes Bastard, I don't have a body I don't have a body and she's like, it's like oh, yeah okay. but you still got eyes so though. then later on that night <laughs> later on that night she they show her stepping away from the dresser she's in her bed clothes and she gets into bed and you hear his voice go. Before you hear his voice say, "Don't ever let anyone tell you to be ashamed of your figure." <laughs> and she's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> See, like I said, that'd be a little bit creepy. Like thinking that there was like a ghost, like oh, it's like watching you all the time. She's like, "What? You watch me when I'm in the can?" It's like, "What the fuck?" Like, you know what I mean? Where am I gonna stay in the master bedroom? Yeah. She's like, "But what?" The- <laughs> <laughs> because she was like, I mean, she was scared because it was a ghost, but then she was just kind of like, um, she's like, yeah, I know you're in here. And it's like, I thought it was neat that it was haunted and everything. She basically was like, well, just don't show yourself to my daughter because she's too young and I don't want her to get scared. So he agreed to do that at least. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, I, yeah, we but just, then it turns out later towards the very end before she dies turns out that the daughter had been talking to the captain. She thought it was a dream, but she figured it was real. Same way, yeah. And and the and, and uh, the maid too. He was friends with the maid and her daughter behind her back. She didn't find it until the very end that they were seeing him also. And he was talking to her. Now, wait, did did the maid see him? 
Basically, yeah, because remember when she... I mean, I know the daughter did, yeah, because she came out later she, and said uh, In three it. or four different places, in the, first of all, she wanted the picture. And then she said, a captain's more my... more my. That's true. Uh, the captain's more my speed. And she's talking about... Because somebody said, hey, somebody made some kind of offhand remark about, you, you need to go down there, maybe you can... Uh, what was it? See a lieutenant or something M- might meet a might meet a good looking lieutenant. That's what they told the yeah the maid. They told yeah. the maid. The maid goes, "No, nah, captain's more my style." Yeah, basically, because she she had been talking to the captain, but he made them all forget. But they yeah. kind of remembered the the mind wipe didn't work. Well, he didn't do a time. complete mind wipe. He yeah. basically just made them think that they had dreamed it. Yeah, but they, they kind of thought sure. it was. Re- but the daughter and the maid kind of thought it was real. They started to suspect. They started to suspect later, and evidently so did Mrs. Muir, because when she found out that the daughter had been talking to the captain, she was kind of like, "No, we just dreamed." She's like, "No, we didn't dream." You think we just dreamed it? And she was like, "Uh, <laughs> they didn't dream it." Yeah, but that's yeah, yeah. They do kind of leave it ambiguous with the maid, but yeah, she did make a couple of yeah of uh, he was talking to her. He that, was helping her. Because it would be pretty hard. Because the thing about it is that he wasn't shy about doing the haunting. You know yeah. what I mean? Because if you remember the scene where um, the where Lucy's Mrs. Muir's mother-in-law and the sister-in-law come to the house to tell her that the gold mine is dried up, and it's like, oh, you should move back in with us because now you're broke. Um, and then the ghost threw the ladies out of the house like bodily. They couldn't see him. But they could feel that, you know, he was shoving them out the house. Yeah. And the little girl saw that. Yeah. Like, saw what happened. I don't know yeah. if she could see him, but she saw... She said she saw him. What what had happened. I think she, so. said, she said she'd see him and talk to him. Remember? Yeah. But, I, no, I'm just saying I don't know if she saw him, like, that particular time. Yeah. But she said, like, later on when she was grown up, she was telling her mom that she had seen him and talked to him, like, all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was reading stories or something. They were singing songs. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Sykes says, where did this film take place? Like I said, it's supposed to be... The first part of it is supposed to be London. And then... Because that's where she was living, like, when her husband died. And then she moves out here to, like, a seaside village, essentially. Um, it's Like I said, it's supposed to be England, but they shot it in California. It's an so, American movie. Yeah. But, you know... It's, a lot of British actors. So, so it doesn't it doesn't look like yeah. the UK. No, <laughs> but a lot, a lot of know. the character actors. They, I think they were British, like the guys at the publishing agents. Well, Rex Harrison was British for okay. sure. Um, yeah. I thought Gene Tierney was American, but I'm not entirely sure of that. But I'm almost ninety nine percent. Yeah, Mrs. Sure Muir doesn't speak with a British accent. She speaks a transatlantic, and like Ooh. they did back in the in the forties. All your actors, all your actors and actresses spoke transatlantic. American English. It was a fake accent just for announcers and shit. Yeah, I guess they wanted everybody to, like, sound like... Which is really interesting that they didn't want people having particular... They did the the same thing in the UK, too, where they wanted everybody to have just, like, a generic kind of accent. They didn't really want anybody to have their... Yeah. The accents of where they came from. What's funny is that Transatlantic never existed. It was a generic American accent that you that would that could be understood anywhere in the United States. This is in a time when the regional accents between North and South and West and the East and Midwest. I mean, they were obvious. I mean, you know, some of the stuff up in New England is still just fucking crazy ass accents when when I hear it. Um, but Transatlantic was very neutral and. Yeah, I mean, that was kinda, the point of it, I guess. That was the point of it. But what's funny is that I was listening to voice recordings, this is years back, of accounts from Confederate officers about things that happened during certain battles. And it was and the original southern accent sounded like transatlantic. It wasn't this there was no southern draw. It sounded like transatlantic. And it was in its day thought to sound British. It sounded just like something out of Fallout, like all the little, you know, like the little uh, little storyline things in the Fallout video game, like the little propaganda films, yeah. like that. It sounded just like that. And it's just, uh, when you think of like uh, Civil War era Southerners in movies, they gave them strong Southern accents, but that's not how the officers sounded. 
It's weird. Didn't expect it. You can look it up on YouTube. They're there. They're there. Sounds like something out of damn Fallout. The way accents change over time is very, yeah. very interesting to me. I always thought that was interesting. But yeah, I mean, because the the source novel for this movie, uh, which came out in 1945, it was set in England, and it was an English writer uh, named Josephine Leslie who wrote the book. So um, I don't even think it had been published in the United States until the rights to it were bought and then the movie came out. But, yeah, so it was supposed to be England, but... Well, I mean, they, they specifically said when she went to, like, the publisher and stuff like that, that was London, right? They did specifically say yeah. it was London. So they did, like, specifically. But obviously they shot it in California, so... And it's pretty it's pretty clear that it's California, like, when you see the movie. But, you know, that's okay. Whatever. It doesn't really matter, like, where it takes place, to be honest with you. Um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Samantha said Natalie Wood was a little girl. Yep. She... The, that's the thing. Like, she, um... She wasn't in it a great deal, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, just a, it's a bit part. Basically. Yeah, it's just it's just a very small yeah. bit part. Because I was pretty sure that that was Natalie Wood, but she wasn't in it enough to really, uh, you know, to, to see if that was, like, actually her. Because I was just kind of like, well, I'm pretty sure that's Natalie Wood, but you're not really seeing it. Because she's not really the focus of the story. You know Samantha's I mean? seen it. She's talking about when she lights the candle in the kitchen and he appears. Yeah, she turns around like that and he's standing in the corner with his arms crossed looking at her. Yeah. And like I said, I it's mean... It's very effective. It is. It's very effective. And and as I said, I really like her character because she conveys very well that it's like, yeah, that would be scary if he saw a fucking ghost. Like, so even though she knew that there was a ghost in the house because she'd heard him yeah. and stuff, like laughing and whatnot, but seeing it in front of you, that would be pretty scary. And you can tell that she's scared... But she's also not willing to, like, let this, you know, because she's kind of like, oh, shit. You know she what I mean? She sits down. She goes, give me a few minutes to get to get, get used to you. To like, you. Yeah. yeah. And then she just, like, starts talking to him like a regular person. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. I just really, really liked that. I liked yeah. that, they, that she was allowed to, like, be scared of him because you would be. But then she basically said, yeah, I'm not scared of you. You know what I mean? So, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. This was just a really, really good movie. And like I said, I don't think... I thought that I had seen it when I was a kid, but I only remembered like a little, like little fragments of it. So maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't see the whole thing straight through, but yeah, I mean, this is absolutely, I just, i I thought it was delightful. I thought it was delightful. I mean, it just has a, has a, just a great script, great characters. It's just, it looks beautiful. Like the score is awesome. It's just like a, it's just a really fun yeah, movie. It's just really, really entertaining. And this is the kind of movie where you don't want them to reboot it or re-release or do it again. This is the one you see. He's like, you, yeah. they don't need to remake this movie. You just see the original. Yeah, they don't. They were. I. No. You know what? They were thinking about doing it in the nineties, uh, no. but they never got around to no. it. I thought Sean Connery was going to be. In it, it makes more sense in this format, in the 40, 1947 format. Yeah, you know that. That's it. It's very theatrical, but it's still very effective theater, and 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 good film. You know, they where they shot things and the transitions, the edits, really good. So you know, no, nah, just leave it alone, man. It's a masterpiece of yeah. what it is. Of what it is. Yeah, I mean, kind of... I don't really know if like I I like the idea of it. Like I said, they've done other movies like this. Yeah, they did Ghost. They did another movie, like I said, with Alan Rickman called Truly Madly Deeply, which was similar in the fact that it was like a living person that fell in love with a ghost. So they've done that before. And like I said, they did this as a sitcom, but with uh, Hope Lang in it, I think. But it's like, I, I don't remember seeing that. I remember hearing about it, but what? I don't remember oh, ever the, seeing the, it. The sitcom of this? I yeah. saw it all the time when I was a kid. Was it all right? It was more no. of like, it was more funny. Yeah. This is funny, no. but it's more like clever funny. It's more like witty funny. You're, you're never really under the impression that the guy's a ghost anyway, really. It, well, when you're a kid, you're watching it, and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. It, it reminded me very much of like Nanny the Professor. Yeah. That's the way it reminded me. Which I think I, I remember being a kid liking Nanny and the Professor better. Interesting. Yeah. Now I'm kind of like curious to see those two things. And yeah. Like see. But I just like, I, th I thought it was kind of cool that, I don't know, I, th I think it's kind of cool that this is one of your favorite movies. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it when I was a kid. This is an awesome movie. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I really like it a lot. Yeah. It, it's a good gothic paranormal romance. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. But yeah. it's got adventure in it, comedy too. 
you know, it's it, it's just yeah. It's like I said, it's just an all around like entertaining. It's just yeah. delightful. It's a delightful, delightful movie. I mean, the, I just I had a great time. The watching theme it. is true love. That's the theme. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hugo says I'm gonna try and watch it tonight. Couldn't find it yesterday. Didn't know it was on Amazon. Yeah, you can rent it on. Um, if this is the movie that you're talking about, you can rent it on Amazon Prime or you can rent it on YouTube. YouTube and it's three ninety nine. Yeah, that's it's, what, it is that's worth what it. We did. Yeah, it's worth it. That's what we did easily. Tom Sykes says, "Are the practical effects good in this film? Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they are. They don't use a lot. Um, Very tasty, but yeah, they don't. It, it doesn't like detract from the story or anything. Because, like I said, when you see the ghost, he usually just he looks like a regular guy. Yeah, you know? the, the ghost is revealed through regular pra, uh, practical camera edit. Yeah. yeah, just the way it is. You, yeah. you, you'll see it. Yeah, you'll see it with with uh, good score behind it." Yeah, everything is very uh, effective, you know. Yeah, and it, classy. classy. Yeah, it's that's a good word. It is a very classy, very classy, classy film. Yeah. Oh, and I was gonna say the costume design's great too. Yeah, I love like all the dresses that they put on Gene Tierney. They look amazing. I heard, I was watching another uh, review of this. I heard that she broke her foot before they did the shooting mm. of this, so they had to do all the scenes of her sitting down first. Mm. like until you know what i mean so i guess like in the later scenes where you see her walking around i guess they did those later and she was like limping and stuff yeah pat says uh i think it was on at the same time as nanny and the professor by the way i agree nanny and the professor was better okay yeah i like nanny and the professor better and i, I liked uh all in, uh, what was the one um wasn't all in the family what was the name of that fucking the other one it had bill bixby in it and um he it was he was raising his son, and his wife had died, and there was a... Oh, I know what you're talking and about. And he had um, a nanny that was, like a nanny that was helping him. Yeah. I, I like that one, too. God damn it. What the fuck was the name of that shit? I know what you're talking about. Used to be my best friend. I remember the fucking... <laughs> he remembers the theme song. I remember song. the theme song, yeah, yeah. I know and what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name friend. of it. Yeah, I forgot what that... So I think yeah. I saw that. Been a fucking million years. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah. Now, like, tonight... 70s shit, Like, man. tonight we should do, like, a... We should go down a YouTube rabbit hole of, like, all the yeah. forgotten 60s and 70s sitcoms. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's probably a lot that, like, I saw back in the day that I totally and forgot then, about. And then a, one called Eight is Enough came out after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. That one, that one was kind of amusing. The one I really dug, though, man, by the time I was about 12... Was Facts of Life? They had all the girls. I loved girl. Facts of yeah, Life. Yeah, I had a crush on all those girls. Joe all was the shit. I had a crush on Sorry. all of them. I yeah. loved Joe. I also yeah, loved yeah. Natalie. Yeah, like Natalie was cool too, and Tootie was cool too. I, li- I like that she had Blair the skates. And, and and Blair and we, Blair was a bitch, but she was kind of a cool yeah, bitch. I thought though. she was cute, and then she like, is cute. Who was the one? Uh, who was the one that was the tomboy? Uh, Joe. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Like she Joe. was. She was my favorite. Yeah. I liked Joe. Her. Yeah. She was a badass. It was Blair and Joe. I thought were the cutest ones. Yeah. Well, they were kind of like the main characters. Like yeah. I said, you had Natalie and Tootie and all them, too. So, mm-hmm. Wait, were there There were other ones, too, weren't there? Yeah. I feel like those were the four main ones, though. Yeah. Tootie was... Um, she was the one with the, the black one, girl. The one with yeah, the roller she's skates. Yeah, she was the black girl. Yeah. Didn't she wear roller skates all the time? Tootie? Yeah. I think so. Been a long she time. She was the one with the roller skates, right? Yeah, it's been a while yeah. since I saw it. I mean, that was 80s. Yeah, 80s. And they were teenagers themselves, I think. Yeah, they were playing teenagers. I think they were teenagers. <laughs> we should do a fucking. Yeah. We should do a live stream where we watch the fucking facts of life. Facts of life. <laughs> facts of life. I remember liking that. Yeah, show. I was like twelve. I remember liking that, that show. show. Yeah. Do you remember there was one called um, what the fuck was the name of that one that had the guy uh, that was like a that was like a building super like the courtship by... of Eddie's father. Oh, that's that, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's right. That's what that fucking show was called with Bill Dixon. That's right. The Courtship of Eddie's Father, which is a stupid title for it, but that's just, that's what it was called. That was a weird, that was a good, that was a good series. I, I remember liking that one. I don't yeah, remember anything about it. Yeah, that's kind of iconic. Yeah. That show. Yeah, Pat just came up with it. Pat just came okay, up with it. Okay, he remember Eddie's Father. Yeah. That's right, yeah. I had I'd totally forgotten yeah. the name of it. John Gore says, after falling for the ghost, Mrs. Muir can't go back to normal life, even though the ghost tries to force her back by disappearing. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. No, she went back to normal life. She did, but she basically just said... She didn't have a very good normal life after that, then, though. It, yeah. It was early 1900s, and she was a widow. Yeah. Uh, the, their prospects weren't good. 
Dude. Well, but the thing about it was that she was just kind of like I. Well, like I said, I liked that in the movie that she was just kind of like after Uncle Nettie fucked her over. Yeah. She was just kind of like, yeah, fuck that bullshit. I'm just gonna like if I can't have the sea captain. Yeah. Then I'm just gonna like say fuck it and just live in my wonderful house with my maid and not yeah, watch bother. the kid, watch the kids grow. There was there was no dating then. They didn't do that. Yeah. But I like that they didn't make that, like, they didn't make her seem like a sad old old bat or anything like that. Like, she seemed, like, pretty contented just being kind of isolated. And I was like, that's kind of awesome. See, the cab didn't really, he really didn't have anything to lose. I mean, he was dead. He was outside of the space-time continuum. For him, he just fast-forwarded until she croaked. <laughs> all right, I'll, so I'll romantic. I'll, I'll see what you like after you die. And he was what waiting. It, he was waiting on her. I was kind of wondering though. Like, I guess he knew how it works because he'd been dead for a while. But yeah. I was kind of wondering. This did actually cross my mind. Like when she died at the end, he's like, "Oh shit, is she gonna like stay looking like a super old woman?" It's like, or is she gonna no. go back to being like young and hot again? No. When you when when you die. You go back to how you imagine yourself at your prime. Yeah. Well, I guess he already knew that, so he yeah. was just kind of like... He knew. He said, that's why he said, you'll never be tired again. Now, come on, Lucia. Remember that's that? what he called her, yeah. yeah. That's, like, pretty awesome. It's an awesome movie. It's an yeah. awesome movie. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's like a movie version of the damn fucking uh, AHA video, Take On Me. It's like, <laughs> it's like Take On Me, it's a movie. But with no comic books. No, yeah. <laughs> It is kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Are we uh, ready to yeah, ready. wrap it up? All right. So tomorrow is Wednesday, and that means that that's our main show. We're going to do be doing some UFO action. We're going to be talking about the Stardust Ranch. Okay. I don't know that one. So, uh, so yeah, we'll All see. Right. We'll see how that goes. Okay. <laughs> but that was the one that won. So okay. that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. So you should have a good time with that because you like UFO shows. Yeah. So uh, thank you everybody for dropping by this evening and talking about this cool ass movie. Please go watch it because it's really, really good if you haven't seen it. And we will see you guys again tomorrow evening. Good night.